Mike Demerges here with Rob Carpenter for the Gang Green Report. And Rob, I can't believe my eyes. The Jets trounced the Broncos 34-16. to <laughs> Did Von Miller even make the trip? Dude, actually, I was sitting in the uh, green room watching the game with a few ex-players, Fred Baxter, Blair Thomas, uh, Freeman McNeil, guys like that. And at about the third quarter, we actually said, all said the same thing. Dude, is Von Miller on the field? <laughs> I haven't heard him all game. But the one thing I think the Jets did a, a good job of is, uh, you know, they took away his effectiveness by actually running right right at him. Um, and I did see a few double teams every now and then uh, in, in obvious passing situations. So I think they had a pretty good game plan going into it to actually uh, take away his effectiveness. Let's start things off. Robbie Anderson, a big game. Isaiah Corral, a huge game, 219 yards. And the bottom line is, you know, I know we're in the new era of football and throwing the football. If you run the ball, you simplify the game. Yeah, you do, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. Uh, that will help out tremendously. Um, that was one of my key points that I made uh, early early in the season, uh, actually even during training camp. Um, I knew when they signed Isaiah Crowell, he was going to help out a lot. Um, he's got it, you know, kind of floundered around uh, in in Cleveland, you know, his first few years in the league. Um, even though he was a very effective back, he's he's very good. And I think uh, Mike McCagnan saw that. That's why he was uh, one of the first on the list to go out and sign him um, because he knew that that would actually help out a, a rookie quarterback. But it just, as you said, simplifies the game plan. Uh, when you can pick up four or five yards of pop uh, on first down. You, know, you put yourself in those those uh, second and short and third and short yard situations that you know help out a rookie quarterback tremendously. And when you run the ball, I remember talking to former teammate of yours, Irv Eatman, about the good USFL days and his couple of years there with the Jets. Uh, you know, when an offensive line is able to run the ball, they 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 impose their will on the opposing team and they take away the will of the defense. That's correct. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know when. Uh, defenses have a, a good front four, and they know an obvious passing situation. They're going to get after the quarterback. It's just the opposite. When a good offensive line knows that they can run the ball, they just like to pound those guys out. Uh, you know, impose their will. That most of the time they're they're bigger than the defensive uh, lineman. You know, they they get a full head start on those uh, double team combo blocks up to linebackers, and and the holes just <laughs> kind of miraculously just start opening up when uh, you know those defensive guys don't. Don't want to take on the offensive lineman at first, and then you have a you know 220, 230 pound back coming down coming downhill right at you. you know, that imposes their will on it. And uh, good offensive line and good running teams, uh, you know they they love to do it. We're with Rob Carpenter in the Gang Green Report, and uh, let's talk about what you saw as a former player here uh, on the running game specifically. What, what did you see? Why were they able to do all this so successful? I think um, they took what. Crowell does really well. You know, he he's not a guy I don't think that likes to actually you know run sweeps. He likes to run in between the tackles, and I, I saw quite a few good combo blocks um, by center guard combos up to the linebackers, and I think they were just taking away the effectiveness of that that front seven that that Denver has. And when you can do that, um, it, it limits the pass rush. You know, those guys don't know if they when they're in third and short situations. A lot of teams will tend to throw. The Jets were looking to run. Um, and when you have a guy like Isaiah Crowell who can actually, even though he likes to run in between the tackles, he's a game breaker. He has that speed. He can take it the distance, as we've seen already a few times this year. Um, 
you know, that will actually tend to break the defensive back, defenses back uh, at, at times. The two long runs that he had, one for the touchdown and the one in uh, start the second half, uh, he broke out again. And just like the defense got a little deflated right then and then. Um, I actually was watching Von Miller a little bit after that, man. He wasn't so so hype on actually just trying to get after the quarterback. He, he was being a little wary of the fact that the ball was coming right at him. So he has to take on those uh, offensive linemen, those those tackles and those those cut blocks, man. It's, it's, it's tough on those guys. And we'll get into Von Miller a little bit later, but let's talk about Robbie Anderson, you as a former wide receiver. Really a bust-out game for him for 2018. Um, one thing I've been saying, first four games, just take shots down the field. You need to just take one or two shots down the field to Robbie. He has the speed to get by those defensive backs, and at the same time, it will open up. If the defense knows that you're going to take a shot down the field to him when he's one-on-one, sometimes you just have to be a playmaker uh, as a quarterback, and and most of the the top quarterbacks, they do it. They will just be playmakers, and their play will come in. They'll see their best guy on a DB one-on-one, and they'll just break the play and just take a shot. Um, And I'm not saying that that's what Darnold did this week, but – I think the plays were called for him to take shots because the first one that Robbie scored on the touchdown was a little stutter go, um, and I think that was a, a play that they knew they could get get away with if they saw a one-on-one. But as the season goes on, I think Darnold will feel comfortable more more and more just literally just taking a shot down the field because Robbie's a game-breaker guy, man. That speed, you, you can't teach that. You know, Speed kills in this game, and that's what you need, and he has great hands when he's down the field. He gets open. He can run by guys. And Sam Darnold didn't have big numbers on on the afternoon, ten to twenty two, but he had the running game. But I, I thought he, he and he's sh- shown it in losses. He has poise. He he doesn't get too flustered. And in this sense, they they got down early to Denver, and, and his, his calmness and his poise really paid off. You know, break break him down. Well, what you saw was, as you just said, a guy that's not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, so his numbers weren't great. The running game helped out. But when he needed to make a few throws, he did. Um, that's a sign of a quarterback that's actually still fully engaged in the game. Uh, one of the biggest ones, where I think it was third and 12, he threw. Uh, he made a, a nice pass to, to Curse on the sidelines. He got the first down and kept the drive going. Um, that's a guy that's fully engaged in the game. He knows. He sees the things that are going on. Um, and a few other passes that he, he made the touchdown the prior. Uh, he's still engaged. He had uh, – it wasn't a great pass, but he saw what he saw, and he actually got the ball to to Terrell for the for the touchdown. But um, going forward, hopefully he can turn a few more of those those uh, errant throws and not just get too antsy with, with some of the stuff and, and make some of the throws that he needs to make uh, to get a few more completions here and there. Um, I think he did see the rush coming coming towards him just a, just a little bit, and he rushed a few of the throws, but. Um, going forward, hopefully he'll see the film and he sees that he has a, a few more, a second or two more to, to let guys get open and, and make the throws that he needs to make. Because we can see that he can do it. You know, he's made some phenomenal throws this season. And Leonard Williams, a couple of sacks and uh, already uh, passing his sack total for last year. What do you what do you make of Leonard Williams? Back when you played in the day, you had Jeff Lagerman on the team. Um, of, of course, uh, you had Bird on the team as well. You had some pretty good defensive linemen on the team when you played with the Jets in, in the 90s there. Uh, what do you make of Leonard Williams? Leonard actually had a bust-out game for the last two weeks. Um, I, I think a lot of people were sitting there saying that he might be that guy that has fallen off a little bit. But we see if he gets one-on-one with guys, it seems like what he's doing now because I think the first few weeks uh, – uh, it was Anderson who was putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. And now teams look like they had starting to be, be wary of Anderson being out there and the type of pass rusher that he is. And it gives Leonard, you know, that one-on-one capability. We see what he can do. <laughs> we see what he, can, he can be 
he can wreak havoc on, uh, in, in the opposing team's uh, backfield. And that's basically what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. He's get that one-on-one, and, and he's just letting his uh, his potential actually shine. And I'm, I'm all for it, man. I, I, hope, I was hoping, you know, early in the season that we had a couple other defensive linemen that actually would break out so Leonard could actually, you, you know, avoid those double teams that, hit, that he's been getting. Uh, constantly, and uh, you know, just let him work one on one in the interior defensive line, uh, and and just you know wreak havoc in the, on the opposing team. He's done that um, for the last couple of weeks. I think he's got what three sacks in the last two games. So, um, you know, hopefully those this this continues a, a trend, and we get a couple more guys that actually uh, uh, you know enhance the pass rush with <clears throat> him and Anderson, uh, and you know, good thing good things can happen. I think the pass rush is actually starting to get there uh, from guys that actually. I haven't been heard of too too much at this point now. Well, to formulate a winning team, you run the ball and, and you pass rush the quarterback. Two ways to get some wind under your belt. So Mike Demerges here with Rob Carpenter and the Gang Green Report breaking down the Jets' 34-16 to win over the Denver Broncos. Uh, and finally, uh, we just want to touch on, on Von Miller. And this guy's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame if he continues at this pace. If the Jets just ran at him, why haven't other teams uh, just taken the same philosophy? I remember the, the Bears did it in 1985 against the Giants with Lawrence Taylor in the, in the, in the playoff game. The, you know, for a guy that, that his game is pursuit, why don't more teams do that? Um, I think teams do try to do that, but it, it, every team is not built the same. Um, you know, Some teams just don't have the offensive line capability to actually get after guys like that. Uh, some guys don't have the, the game-breaking backs to, to, to do that. So, um, And the offensive philosophy might just not be that way with the, with the offensive coordinators. You know, have some coordinators who are actually just really uh, enhanced in the, in, the, in the passing game. And the, and the running game is just an extension of it. It's not in the forefront. The Jets totally totally opposite. Um, right now, I think the, the the running game is the forefront of the offense, and they're doing whatever they have to do to to uh, get Darnold comfortable. And when to make him comfortable, you have to actually have positive gains on, on on first and second down, and the running game helps out with that tremendously. And I think that's what Mike McCagnin and, and, and Bulls were were thinking uh, during this offseason when they went out and got uh, Corwell. And actually, you know, signing all those other free agent running backs, I think they won a lot of competition, but they know Bilal Powell, Corwell were going to be the guys, and they were uh, unfortunately, Elijah McGuire got got injured, uh, and hopefully he'll be back uh, fairly soon, but um, he was going to be the third third guy uh, to enhance not only in the running game, but also in the passing game. So, um, you know, uh, other teams just don't have that, that philosophy to do. <clears throat> and if you don't really have that philosophy, try to do it all in one week or try to game plan it for one week it just doesn't work that way and we're talking with rob carpenter the gang green report and uh, we're going to touch on the giants here just want to get your perspective on odell beckham jr uh you know comes out before the game sitting with little wayne on an espn interview i i I don't get get the mix there but (laughs) basically you know throwing eli under the bus and his coach under the bus and the giants organization you could tell by little wayne's reactions uh when the name eli was brought up or the giants and stuff uh, and then he goes out and he muffs a punt that costs him a touchdown. He drops a big fourth, uh, fourth and three, uh, that would have been a first down. And then he has a touchdown catch that he drops. You know, if you're going to be Reggie Jackson and be the straw that stirs the drink, you got to come through. What's your reaction to what Old Dell Beckham said, and how does that affect the locker room for a team that's one and four now? Um, <clears throat> I, I think we all knew it was going to be a matter of time before he actually. Said something that was that was kind of uh, derogatory um, or construed that way. Uh, you know, I, I'm not calling him a hothead. I think he's a real competitive guy. He sees the writing on the wall. Um, I think we all 
see the writing on the wall that, you know, with Eli, he, he has regressed uh, a lot. Um, and for a quarterback like that, uh, you know, to regress as much as he has, um, there's a lot more pressure on a lot of other guys that are that are uh, on the team. So, so you're um, you're saying Eli, you know, Eli's game is is way off from what it was four or five years ago. Oh, absolutely, it's way off. Um, when he when he's struggling to compete uh, to to complete, you know, uh, third and five, third and six passes, and I'm not saying that the offensive line isn't isn't you know culpable in in parts of that because Eli's get has been getting hit a lot over the last few years. He's got hit tremendously a lot. Um and I think that takes a toll on a guy also. You know, a guy will tend to get gun shot. You know, you get back there and all of a sudden you see the opposite color right in your face immediately, you know, you you're getting rid of the ball. And Eli's one of those guys that even though he's taking a lot of sacks, he's been smart. Uh, when he needs to get down, he gets down. Um he's just not gonna be out there. He's not a guy that's that that type of athlete to be running around trying to create a play. That's not him. That's that, that's not his style. So um, unfortunately, it's just you know a combination of, of of things over the last few years that have come to this point, and you know Odell got the big paycheck uh, uh, this year just before the season, and I think that's contributing a lot to it as well. He was quiet for for a little while, and then finally it just you know got to the point where they they've had a couple of games that they probably should have won, um, and they didn't, and it's you know it's just it's boiling over right now, and I think it's affecting the team in a way. Um, um, it's it's trickling down to other players. Um, I saw uh, Shepard actually, you know, have a few antics on the sidelines, um, and you see it in the, in the other players the way they actually just are sitting on the bench. You know, it's it's, it's basically uh, like they've zoned out. Um, and, you know, at times during the game, and I mean, we all laugh sometimes at some of the memes that uh, that uh, of Eli's face, uh, and it just looks like he's zoned out. We all know that just that's just him. But it just seems like the other guys are really zoned out at, at, at times during the game, and it, you know, unfortunately, it's just um, you know, it's just a bad situation to be with them because the media is actually going to go to look for comments from a guy like Odell, and I think he's not the guy to actually just keep his mouth shut, and you know, um, he, you know, he's just adding more and more and more and more smoke and more fuel to the fire. So, so the team's really torn here. So basically, you know, Eli's got the two Super Bowl rings. You know, but that was going back eight years now. Uh, and right. so, so if you're you're a teammate and you're new to the team, are you going to go to Odell Beckham, that debatably is one of the best receivers in the game, or are you going to go with Eli, who's a quarterback of the team? So you're, it's it's and and what I'm getting from you is, you know, this is really tearing the team apart because because Manning's not what he used to be, and Beckham can't become what he wants to become with Eli at quarterback. It's, yeah, most of the, the new guys on the team will be caught in a catch-22. Um, you never really want to go against your QB because we all know that the QB is actually the most important player on the team. He's most of the time the leader of the team. Uh, Eli's never been that vocal guy. We all know that. Uh, and most of the people who come to the team know that he's not that, that type. He will take a lot of the blame. He will shoulder the blame. He's been that way uh, you know, his whole career. Uh, it's just that when you walk into the locker room, the most uh, emphatic guys are going to be guys like Odell. Um, so you, you know he's going to talk. Uh, there'll be a few other guys that actually talk as well. Um, and unfortunately for a guy like Saquon Barkley, he's walking into you know uh, a big fire, and uh, you know he's playing his heart out trying to to stop the fire. And it, it, when you're a new guy, especially a young guy like that, you know that Saquon Barkley is going to be eventually be the face of the team as well. Um, he's, he's that guy and 
it's just going to be a few years from now, man. I mean, we all know Eli's on the on the, on the down downslide, and you know, it's it's just a bad situation to be in. And, and I actually have, you know, been a part of that situation myself. I walked into uh, a Jets locker room that was in, in a similar way. You're talking about Ken O'Brien and Brownie Nagel. Is that what you're saying, Rob? Are you saying that? Admit it. You're saying that. I'm saying that. that that's exactly the way it was because you had some guys who actually were the young guys who were actually with Browning and then you had the older vets who were with, with Kenny. So, you know, um, it, it's just... Was Kenny you know, done Was Ken, was Kenny done at that time? Was Kenny done at that time? Um, I think Kenny was looking at himself saying that he only maybe has a year or two left. Uh, I think that's, that's just the way he's looking at it. He was already 10, I think 11 years into the league, maybe, um, maybe 12, I think, at that time. I didn't know that Kenny actually had said he only wanted to play maybe one or two more years. Um, and you're looking at that dynamic where the team never really got over the hump with Kenny O'Brien. He won a lot of big games against uh, division foes, um, um, made the playoffs a few times. But they never really got over the hump with Kenny O, and I think the Jets really wanted to go in another direction. That's why they drafted Browning and hoping he was going to be that guy to take the next step. And I think that's why they gave him the position. Uh, you know, Kenny was in a little contract dispute, held off for a little bit. Browning was a guy who was, you know, they were moving forward with. And, uh, you know, it was a, a, a bad situation when you know you actually basically have a guy like Ronnie Nagel who's a rookie um, playing his first year. Not saying that he was a rookie, but, you know, going into his first year as a starter, basically he hadn't played. So that was basically his rookie year. Um, and then you have Kenny O, the, you know, the Wiley veteran, who most of the older guys knew and knew that they could win some games here and there, but you have the dynamic of, all right, we got a first-year guy. We know we're not going to win a lot of games. Where the uh, rest of the vets on the team be like, look, we need a guy in here who actually can help us win games. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I think the Giants are in a similar situation where um, they know right now it's going to be tough with Eli to win a lot of games. They have young guys on the team, Odell, Shepard, Barkley, Ingram, that can help them win games. But, you know, that dynamic is there. It's like, okay, Eli's not the guy to get it done. So where do they go from here? Where uh, everybody was saying in the draft. Well, that, that's, my, that's, my next, right that's my next question. Should they have drafted Sam Darnold or should they have gone with Josh Rosen and try to, you know, have him sit for a year and then watch uh, under Eli and, you know, basically, you know, take one for the team here and, and you know, they have something for the future and, they, and get a nice pick. Uh, this uh, this upcoming year, because if they would have got a new, if they didn't take Saquon, they'd still be one and four, or maybe they'd be zero and five. The, their record wouldn't be much better. Uh, you're correct. Um, I, I agree. They probably wouldn't be uh, whichever quarterback they took. Um, probably would have been sitting for the first part of the year, just like Eli did when he first got there. Eli sat for the first part of the year, uh, I think, for six or seven games before he started to play. For they bench Kurt Warner and put it, put him in and just let him play for the rest of the year. I think that would have been the same scenario this year if they had taken a quarterback with the number two pick. Um, and they probably would still, you're correct, they probably would still be in the same boat. Um, but they knew where their future would lie, um, especially at that position. So even if whoever they, they took didn't play until the eighth game, they knew eventually that would, they would hope would be that guy going forward. And then, uh, you know, the second half of the season, they just get them the experience and they move on to, to next year where – the player they took has that experience and they can they can move on from there and they have a young core 
right now they don't they're they're going to be a little lost in the sauce right now for the for the next few years, especially with uh, Eli still being back there. Lost in the sauce. A quote from Rob <laughs> Carpenter on the Game Green Report. Rob, thank you so much for your time here and uh, uh, your pick: Jets, Colts this week. Uh, do the Jets even their record at three and three? I actually think they have a chance to. Um, it, the, the, the Colts are a little banged up. I'm, I'm hoping they go into this game plan that they have this week. Uh, not really taking that into consideration, but knowing that that's the case. Um, and it just seems like, unfortunately, with Casey Rogers' illness, it looks like Todd Bowles has taken over a lot of the uh, defensive uh, play calling. And I think, honestly, this week was a result of that. Um, it just seems like the defense was a little more in tune to what they were doing this week uh, against Denver. Um, and hopefully they can, you know, keep it rolling and, and uh, going to going to it with, with against Andrew Luck. Because we know Andrew Luck is going to throw the ball all over the field. Um, and they are suspect to uh, – he's suspect to getting hit. He's suspect to throwing interceptions. Uh, so uh, hopefully the defense can put together a nice game plan, um, come into it with the fact of putting pressure on, on, on Andrew, and at the same time uh, and keep this running game going with the – with the offense and and uh, <clears throat> these guys actually can can kind of put both both parts of this this, this game together the, the running game and the passing game going from here you know put put both parts together uh, well moving forward and, and hopefully the next two weeks man I know after this week after the Colts you know got the Vikings coming in that's a that's a, another <laughs> another bomb burner right there man that's a that's a whole different beast with that defense but you know this week I hope they, uh, I think they can't get a win man. All right, Rob, thank you so much for joining me this week. Hey, no problem, Mike.